We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. What a treat we have here. Jay Caulfield slightly delayed, but our luck is that Lou Yetzi, Shaler's very own, 28 years old, and it all came back to me when I saw him standing outside the studio here that I was calling the Shooter's Golf Hole-in-One contest, I don't know, about, what, two months ago maybe? About two months ago. And there was Lou Yetzi, Paul, Paul's ice in for the whole yes. week this week. And he started cold, and then this dude caught fire. And he won, and what he won from shooters was plane ride, hotel, t- hotel, and tickets to the Super Bowl. That's where he just was, Paul. Where, where, where did you stay out there? In the- I stayed at the Harris. Okay. So it was it was. I was making sure it wasn't okay. You're you're staying at some, you know, some West Side motel. <laughs> Mark, that was beautiful. Mark good. B would Mark B would never do that from Shooters. <laughs> Only so the best. Re- that's really good. So Did you, you drink beer there? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Did you enjoy it? Uh, the game itself. Yes, it was unbelievable. At first, I was scared that it was going slow, but you know, towards the end, it was just it was incredible. Let's put it that way. Hey, Crankley, he used that? your word. Yeah. Yes, he did. I, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you one thing about the Super Bowl <laughs> is all the other stuff that's going on around the Super Bowl. The parties. The, even when you just go into, like, casinos or restaurants or bars in the city. Yeah. The, for, for a week, it's 100% about the, the, the game itself. The game is almost secondary. To everything yeah. going on, right? I would say that. You got the halftime show, right? The pregame stuff. I mean, there's so much that goes on. It's almost like the game is sort of, okay, yeah, well, it's we, like, we got to play this game, yeah, too. Yeah, right. There's a game on Sunday. We might as well go to that, too. When did you get there? I During got there the week? Friday. Friday. Friday morning. Friday morning. So you had a full day and night. Did you lose any money that night? No, I actually didn't. Did you win money? I beat Vegas the first night. I will say that. Did you beat Vegas the whole weekend? Uh, yeah, because I stopped. I wanted to make sure I beat them. Here, here's my question to you. Because I know the answer if it would have been me. So you got there Friday about what time? About 9.30 in the morning. Okay, so you got there Friday at 9.30 in the morning. At what point did you first actually lay down in your hotel room? Hmm. Uh, about 2.30 in the morning Saturday. Okay. Sounds reasonable. No. Went right to the <clears throat> casino. Here's uh, my thing. If I won that contest, I, I would have told shooters, I said, listen, whatever you're paying for the hotel, just give me the money because I ain't going to need it. Because <laughs> I'd show up at 930, right, uh, in the morning on Friday, like when the Steelers played in Detroit. Yeah. True story. Steelers played in Detroit in the Super Bowl. I had to cover it. I got there Saturday, the week before. 
because I had to be there for eight days. The first night I slept in my hotel room was Wednesday. Where'd you sleep? I didn't. I was at the Motor City Casino every single night. Take you it. never went to bed. I went no, went to went went back. I had a cab waiting for me in the morning. Took me to the Motor City. Or took me back to the hotel. I took a quick shower. Got back in the cab. Went down to the center where all of the interviews and all the stuff was going on. As soon as I wrote my stories and Mecco said, "Hey, you're done." Boom! Back to the Motor City Casino. Wow. Till about seven in the morning, seven thirty in the morning. Finally, Wednesday, I hit the wall. I was like, "Okay, I can't do this anymore. I, I need to sleep." What a performance! So I slept. And then Thursday morning got up. The next time I slept was when it was like Sunday morning. I figured since I had to cover the game. So I got back to my hotel room at like 6 in the morning Sunday. Slept to about 1. That was my extent of my sleeping in Detroit that week. You should have pulled one of those, Lou. <laughs> I don't think I could. I was younger, much younger at the time. Well, Lou's only 28, but this was awesome. I, mean, I was there the night that you were doing the holes in one, and and you said to get to that event, you had to make little chip shots into a regular golf hole. And now, now when we got to the actual event, it was like the size. You had to hit it, what, like, I don't know, some of them felt like 70, 75 yards, 100 yards into the size of a basketball hoop, right? Yeah, so to get there, the hole was about 65, 75 yards out to a regular size hole, like it would be on a course. Yeah. Um, And then the competition, it came down to, I want to say about 50-yard chips yeah. to like a basketball size. And, and you were unbelievable. Our next guest, Jay Caulfield, coming on, Stanley Cup champion. Not a bad golfer himself, but I don't know if he could do that. So – you said when we were talking earlier that it was easier for you to hit it into the actual golf hole than when the contest happened. I guess they had like a bigger hole or something. Yeah, that, yeah. Why was it easier for you to hit the smaller one than the bigger one? I think for months I've just been going to practice there um, and shooting at the same spot over and over again. Yeah. That made it easier. So when we moved it down, I wasn't ready for it being about 50 yards out. And, uh, I mean, everyone was struggling that towards the end because no one was ready for that. Um, but, but you hit the money shots. I was yeah. there for it. At I, the beginning, I started How far was the shot now? Uh, for the contest, it was about 50 yards. 50 yards, and he was drilling them like Steph Curry at the free throw. Wow. Line. But why aren't you better at golf overall? What's your handicap? And do you want to play with Jay and Mario and I? Uh, I would love <laughs> to, but I don't want to embarrass myself. Um I just started golfing, I want to say, for now five years. I started getting better. Um, but then I went to shooters for that hole one. So I've been focused just on the hole one. Right. So all my swings are just geared for, for the hole in one. Exactly. Exactly. Well, man, congratulations. And I'm glad you had a great time. And thanks for coming all the way down here, Lou. That's Lou Yetzi from Shaler. Uh, and that's Shooters Golf, which is an awesome place, as we know. Uh, Mark, the owner is my friend and I go there a lot and work on my game. You can hit real balls as far as you can hit them. And the place is perfectly manicured and we'll see what they have going for their next contest. They actually have it out. What is uh, it? It is a seven day trip, I believe to Aruba, the same contest. Oh my God. This Zeiss show led with this. <laughs> Paul just Where, perked no, up. When is this? Uh, I believe the contest will be same time in November. That's Paul's favorite place on earth. Seven uh, days in Aruba. I believe it's seven days. I have to check the email again. Uh, they're still the juniors. The juniors still get a, uh, a prize. I'm not sure what that is. Obviously. Holy horse milk. But, seven right. days in Aruba. Yes. 
for hole in one. Paul will be there. Just now, pretend you I might don't be work there for the every fans. night. I yeah. might be there every day for the next, you know, six months practicing to try and win this. We'll get the details on that for sure. Thank Absolutely. you, Lou. Yeah, I want to say thank you to you guys. Thank you to Mark and Shooters. It was wonderful. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Awesome. I was happy to be part of it that night, and I'm glad you had a great time. That's Lou Yetzi. Thanks, man. Thank you. Stick around for the rest of the segment and listen to Jay Caulfield. Put on those headphones over there, if you would. And let's go to the Sullivan Super Service Fan Hotline. Jay, did you get a load of that? This Lou Yetzi from Shaler hitting holes in one left and right, and he winds up at the Super Bowl. I did. What an outstanding story. What a great job by Lou. And certainly Mark Baranowski knows how to run a business. He does. He's the greatest. He's the most creative. Uh, he just knows what he's doing. But Lou, to do that and experience the Super Bowl in Vegas, sure it gets any better than that. So congratulations. Yeah, I don't think it does get better than that. How are you in your chipping game? Pretty good. What? Yeah, I imagine your strength would be your driver. Am I right about that? No, it's really no. I'm not bad. I'm not bad from inside of uh, you know that range. That's a pretty good range. I you know. I work on that too. I think it, you should work on that, Joe. I think all the guys that are the great players are not only are they great with their their long game, but their irons. But their short game is out is always outstanding. So Lou did there. That's pretty. That's a big part of the game, and I try and work on that part a lot. Like from. 80 yards in, something like that, like those little half shots or little wedges, and it's a big part of the game. All right, Jay, let's move on to hockey. And the Penguins are in Vancouver tonight against your old buddy Rick Tockett. What do you make of the Canucks so far, and and how do you like the Penguins' chances uh, to at least least split this four-game trip? And you know what? If you win the two at home before the trip, the two at home after the trip before the trade deadline, and you split, well, that's six and two. So I, I guess I'm looking at a split would be okay yeah. here. You? Yeah. I, I look, I, when the Penguins win, look, have, have we been not saying this, Joe? If I look at the, when you look at the standings, and maybe the wild card is not the way to look, it's maybe looking at third place in the division because Philly's in that spot. And I'm just not, I've been feeling all along, how long are they going to maintain? They play the game hard, though. They come, they, they, the work ethic is there for Philly, but are they going to be able to maintain that third spot? I think that's almost the target. Like, it's almost like your focus can go to that. And everybody's talking about a wild card, but I kind of think third place in the division is going to be where they could end up. And if they can do the numbers that you just talked about, then I think they're going to be, I, I think they're going to be, I think they're going to make it anyway. I just do. And I, I've never felt came off that mark. But it's difficult with the guys that are out. But this game tonight against Vancouver is a way to start it. And the Penguins sometimes have a way of winning. You know, when the, when the chips are down, and I think Crosby's just been doing it all year long. I just wouldn't count them out on anything. The goaltending is such a big part of it. See what we get tonight with Jari. I'm assuming it'd be Jari. I, I bet it would be Jari. So if they can do the numbers and get themselves in good good position, I think that third place in the division should be the target. Do you think that uh, the Brian Rust injury 
will provide will 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 be something they've got to try and overcome. Obviously, but how significant will it be yep. if they have to play all four of these games without him? And apparently, he's not on the trip. So I'm assuming that's going to be the case. Yeah, Paul, I think it's a difficult thing because he brings a, not only the ability to finish and score and be on the top line with Crosby, but it's his it's the intensity that he brings. Every shift, he's hard on hard to play against. Hard on pucks. He creates openings for that first line. So I do think it's going to be difficult without him and get he and Getzel. I know Getzel's on the trip, but I don't expect him to be playing. I'm, I'm not sure how. I'm not even sure the depth of the injuries, but just without them on this trip makes it difficult. But at the same time, Paul, it opens up something for this. Might be Riley Smith. This is a huge, huge moment for the Penguins and Riley Smith. He's going to have an opportunity to be on Crosby's line with Raquel. Is what it looks like right now and he could turn everything right around right now and be a huge part of that first line and make something happen and be a difference maker right now and it's going to be it so somebody goes down and somebody's opportunity to kind of flourish and let's hope it's Riley Smith but Paul I do think it's difficult without them but again Sidney Crosby it doesn't care it doesn't matter whoever he's with he goes out there makes them better and his line is still dominating so I expect to see the same thing tonight, but it certainly will be. It's much more difficult without those guys in the lineup and uh, them with. The Jay Caulfield Show brought to you by McVeigh Heating, Cooling, and Plumbing. Jay, we lost you there for a moment. Are you there? Yeah. Okay. I'm back here, Joe. Yep. I'm in, hopefully in a good spot. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, Tristan Jari, his name has come up a little bit here in trade rumors. Obviously, the allure here would be you have a goalie in his prime signed to a decent deal. You have a younger kid coming up through Wilkes-Barre. So I would imagine this is a tricky little situation for Kyle Dubas because he's also young (laughs) and good, so you might want him on your team. How do you view that situation? Would you consider dealing Jari? Yeah, I'm going to go with the idea that this next couple games and where you're at by the trade deadline is going to be a key part to that, right? So, listen, you've you've got a goaltender that's, you know, top 10, and he's at a good number. I'm not sure. I mean, obviously it depends. You know, if a guy's great in the American League, that doesn't always transfer to the National Hockey League, right? So, But you know you've got one coming up and blooming, blooming in the American League, you certainly could look that way, but it's it's going to be the, it's going to be where where are they at, and how are you able to build? What assets did you have to bring back better assets? Right, something that's going to help you. I think if they're on a little bit of a run, and they look like they're you know have a chance to solidify a position, I I don't move. I'm not touching my goaltender because the reason why they're where they're at right now is because they're goaltending. So I'd be very careful with that, Joe. Uh, but you have him at a good number, and if he continues to perform like that. You've got a steal of your in your goaltender with Tristan Jari. That's how I look at it. You look at uh, you look at. We were talking a little bit earlier about the guys on the bottom six, and the fact that they yeah. don't get a lot out of them. But if 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 say they go the six and two like Joe said, or seven and one, and now you're looking at a team that is going to make a playoff push. What is really yeah. what are really the chips that you have? To try and improve, yeah. that's. I think that's the toughest thing that Cal Dubas has. It's not. It's easy to sell. Yeah. But if he's has to buy, what, what do they really have to to be able to buy? Yeah, I think you're asking. I mean, that is the difficult part right now. I mean, how? What are you going to do? Like, what? 
I mean, to me, it's it's Riley Smith, it's Raquel, guys that people know. You know, the number there. I mean, if Raquel has his normal year, he's he's a bargain at his number, right? But he's not having his normal year. But he can somewhere else or whatever it might be. I mean, if you're looking at players that are going to bring you something back, you have to look at. You're looking at Riley Smith, Raquel that kind of thing. Pedersen, which he's at a great number for what he is. So I'm not touching any of that, Paul, but and we know Gensel, that, that whole story, what that means, that's going to bring you back the biggest haul, but you, you also don't find what he brings and does, but it's all about the numbers across the board, Paul, and what can you move? I know the bottom six has uh, been a spotlight and always talked about it. The numbers haven't been there, but uh, if they do get themselves on a run, I think every GM will say, hey, we got to make some move to just bolster us any way we can. I think that's why Kyle Dubas has been active on the waiver wire. But I agree. There's not much. You know, there's a lot of guys with no trade clauses, too. So there's a lot that plays into it other than just say, I'm going to move a player. They have, they have things in their contract that you can't. So I, I think it's difficult for Kyle Dubas right here. It really is. And Jake Gensel's that one piece. You can't lose him. You can't let him go to free agency. You know, something's got to be done one way or another. Either it's a deal that, you know, Jake Gensel can hit the the mother load right now. This is his one opportunity to get a big, big deal. And the, and the last one. So for, when you look at his age. So I think it's very difficult for Kyle Dubas. And the pieces that we're talking about are pieces that you want to have in place when you start winning. So I, I, that's why I find it tough. I find it difficult. Jay Caulfield on the Sullivan Super Service fan hotline. Uh, you can listen to this show every Wednesday to hear about Starkey's Card of the Week from the Baseball Card Castle and Cranberry Contest run every Wednesday through Friday at noon at the 93.7thefan.com contesting page. So, Jay, it just seems like the best way to the playoffs right now. I know Tampa struggled. I think Tampa's going to get there. I think Vasilevsky's going to turn yeah. things around. I think Detroit is looking like they're going to get there. I think you got to move past yeah. move past the teams in your division and catch Philly. Is that the way you look at it? Yeah, that's yeah, that's what I, just a few minutes ago. That's what I feel. Your eyes should be on third place in the division. You're what? What are they? Seven points behind Philly, six, seven or eight. Yeah. And you've got five games in hand. Five games in hand. You've got the out. Now listen, the Islanders won a big game last night, but the Penguins have games in hand on all of them. I'm not. I'm not sold on the teams that are you know fighting for it. If the Penguins continue to get their their goaltending, I look at the same way, Joe. I my my eyes turn right to the third place. In the, in, the, in the division, that's how you're going to find yourself, and that's how you're going to get yourself in. Because I do think Toronto, I mean, I do think Tampa, Detroit, most of the better, the better numbers are coming from the other division. So, yep, I'm looking right at Philly right now. The, the bullseye's on Philly. And I think the other teams think the same thing. The other teams that are in that hunt are thinking the same thing. They're looking at they can overtake Philly. You think part of that is because of the goalie situation, right? I mean... As we saw the other night, yeah. <laughs> their third-string guy, yeah. who's now their second-string guy, ain't very good. No, it was, it was a bad outing for him, right? Bad outing for they, Phil, the Flyers. If you're going back to Philly, you know, you're looking at it and going, hey, we, we need to upgrade that because we know the Carter Hart situation, what that ends up turning this into. Ersan's been a great surprise for them, but their backup goaltender, he can't. And it's going to be busy down the stretch. So they, they need something there. I also think, though, if you heard, I mean, there's, there's two defensemen, Sealer and Ward. I, they, they're talking about moving them as a pair. If they move them as a pair, I don't know what the Philly faithful will be like in Philadelphia. If you move one of your – it's their second pair. 
They're the only plus guys on the, on, on, on the back end, and there's a chance that they move them both. They play really well together, and I heard it's almost like a package deal. If that happens, they're almost saying, we don't want to be in this year. We want – that's what it looks like to me if, you, if they do that. But, I, I, again, I do. The goaltending thing, it was a killer for Philadelphia the other night. And uh, it'll break any team down, Paul. And uh, if they don't adjust that or get better, I think they're going to teams are going to climb right over top of them. Even though they play the game, John Tortorella has been announced. He's the perfect coach for that lineup. They play hard. Every shift when they're out there, they know their role. They do it. But I do think they're going to get beat down by other parts of the game that they can't sustain it. Jay, what would you think of the hit on Rust? Double hit. Yeah, I think it was like a – well, that, that Hathaway always seems to be in the middle of everything, right? He's always a guy that's like that. That was – I looked at it as a mix of a bad – you know, a bad – a bad – it was like you got, you got caught right in between. And Hathaway, oops, by you know, didn't mean to do that kind of hit is what that – you could tell by his reaction, right? So he saw him getting hit and he still went through him. That's how I viewed it. You know, and, and again, it's a little – it's bad luck timing and all that, but – I thought it was Garnett Hathaway plays the game hard. It's a guy you'd love to have on your team, right? He plays hard. But he's in the middle of a lot of stuff like that, and I think that was part of it. He saw what's kind of happening and went through him, and Brian Rust um, uh, took the worst of that. Jay, we appreciate the time, man. Thank you, and we'll talk. Uh, we'll be that much closer to the trade deadline next week. I know. You got it, guys. Great to talk to you, too. All right, Take Jay, care. We'll see you, buddy. That was Jay right. Caulfield. Fan text line brought to you by Edgar Snyder and Associates, personal injury law firm, where they always say there's never a fee unless we get money for you. Uh, and the 50-minute mark on the fan is coming up here, brought to you by <laughs> South Hills Chrysler Jeep Dodge Route 19 in Peters Township, celebrating 50 years in the South Hills. Yes, Paul? I was going to say, I think, Jay, I think Jay does an incredible job. He's great, isn't he? I, I like him because he's a former athlete who actually played the game at a high level. Yeah. But he's not one of these – I don't want to say more. He's not one of these guys that just apologizes for players. You know, like some of these former athletes, they get up there. Right. No matter what a player does, they defend them. No matter what – and, and, and obviously, you know, he's got to – he works for the network and stuff, so he's got to be – he can't be completely just lambasting people, but he's always honest. He is. That's he's all, great. That's what I always say, like, well, these guys – you, you, to me, you have credibility if you're just honest. You don't have to be somebody that rips and criticizes, but I like the fact that he can have honest conversations about things and say things that maybe some of these other guys won't because they feel like they're still part of the brotherhood. You know me, what I'm me saying? Me too, and that brings up uh, an interesting topic as I was just reading about Brady and how he's been like at – pretty much broadcasting camp getting ready for next year. Like he's gone into like deep preparations. Right. I think he's going to be good. Yeah. I think he's going to be good. I think he's going to the Brady. We're going to, we're going to see is not like the Brady we saw, you know, in news conferences or, or stuff like that. He's going to be loose. I think he's going to be funny and I think he's not going to be afraid to be critical, yeah, but because, that, yeah, I agree with you. That's the key. Because at the end of the day, if you're Tom Brady, and you're watching a game, and you say, you know, I don't know, Dak Prescott, he's not doing this or he's not doing that. If you're Dak Prescott, what, what, what are you going to say? I mean, exactly. that's Tom Brady. You know right. what I'm saying? If you're, if you're some jamoke, it's different. 
So I think he's going to be free and loose, and I agree. I think the other thing about it is he's maniacal in how he prepares for things. I think he's going to be um, – I think they might actually have to dial it back with him where they say, listen, remember with Tony Romo, you can't be giving away plays and – you know what I'm saying? You can't be doing those kind. I mean, because I think that's how he's going to approach it. So do I. Now you never know until someone actually gets on the air on television. There's a small chance it could not go well because you just don't know. In the meantime, Lou Yetzi from Shaler. Did you like that little uh, segment with Jay Caulfield, Lou? And thank and thanks for coming in, man. No, absolutely. Uh, everything he said. You know, he's very knowledgeable. I obviously played the sport, so yeah. Liked hearing that. What did you think of Paul's ice before you met him? Uh, I always wanted to meet you. No, that's for sure. Yeah. Well, that's good. Time. Maybe I'll Were see you at afraid? No. Yeah. And he's a very nice man, isn't he, when you meet him in person? <laughs> very nice, yes. <laughs> well, we'll be, well, maybe I'll see you at Suter's sometime. Absolutely. You know what? Suter's has maybe the best Bloody Mary. Really? And Bloody Marys are unbelievable. That I didn't know. You drink those. The best, the best bloody, the best bloody Marys at Carmela's in the South Side. The second best is at Shooters. Interesting. They do have the coldest beer around. I will say that. Coldest. Coldest. Yeah. Their their bloody Mary is outstanding. That's always a key. In fact, the day I was there with you, Joe. Yeah. I almost wasn't able to drive home because I had maybe one too many of them. Oh boy. Uh, thank you, Lou. (laughs) Thank you. We appreciate it. Uh, and we'll talk to you soon, man. Maybe you win the next one and get to Aruba. Unless Paul, unless Paul beats you to it. There's a lot of people that come to that contest. They're really good, so it's going to be hard. We'll see you, man. Thanks All again. Right, we'll Thank see you. you, brother. All right, Paul. Coming up next, you and I have uh, some free agents in football to talk about. They're all ranked. I want to see if any of these people will be a good fit for the Steelers and also some running backs out on the open market that didn't even get franchised that I think could really help some teams. We'll talk about that coming up. Text line is important today because you want to get in on text in the city late in the show, so put your name on there and give a hot take. Text line brought to you by Edgar Snyder & Associates Personal Injury Law Firm, where they always say there's never a fee unless we get money for you. Tell me a little more about college basketball. I'll be honest with you. Last year, things went so far south with all these net rankings and everything else that I've almost made a pledge to stay away from this crap this year. Like if Pitt gets in, they get in. If they don't, they don't. They don't have that great of a resume. But, man, they got a big game tonight, right? They do. If they win, they got to win tonight. If they lose tonight, it's over. And the reason it's over is because they really don't have any other opportunities to get this except, is a, except for the tur- ACC yeah, tournament, Yeah, I mean, right? you know what we found over the last few years? There's not a lot of weight in the conference tournaments. Yeah, it doesn't, well, yeah unless you unless win it. Unless you win it. Yeah. But, um, but at the end of the day, there's not. they don't put a lot of weight in those games. Um, yeah. Most of the work you do has to come before the conference tournament. What were you just talking about with the Big 12? So, so here, here's the, you know, here's the long and short of it, though. Um, so it, back to Pitt, though. They have to win tonight because tonight they have a quad one. 
quad one game yeah. on the road. Win a quad one game on the road, it really gives you a good bump. They don't have many other opportunities. Um, actually, they don't have any really coming up. So even if they, you know, if they won, if they lost tonight and then they won their last couple of games, well, the last couple of games aren't going to do anything. Here's the rub. If you look at all these bracketology nerds, and and I'm like you, Joe, I hate the I hate the whole thing. But one thing that they do is they look at all the metrics that the tournament looks at, the mm-hmm. committee, the tournament committee looks at, yeah, and that's how they come up with what they're doing. As of right now, the Big Twelve has nine teams in. Nine. And, nine, yes, and uh, as of right now, Virginia is one of the last teams in. Okay, so they technically right now, Lenardi has five ACCs. Most of them have four ACCs in. Yeah. So one of the things that, you know, and Brad Brown now called the, he talked about this, and he's so correct. One of the things I've always argued about Jamie Dixon is that the best thing that Jamie Dixon did when he was at Pitt, I mean, they won games and stuff, was his non-conference scheduling because he would full the RPI every single year. And I always argued, people would argue, well, they're underachieving because they lose early in the tournament. I always argued they were overseeded for what they really were. And they were overseeded because Jamie knew how to manipulate the, the he RPI. He really did. Okay? And, 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 and this is one of the things I always say about Jeff. This is why I think Jeff is, is, is really short-sighted with his nonsensical beef with uh, Keith Dambrot. Jamie loved playing Duquesne because it was either a neutral site game. Some years it counted as a road game, and usually Duquesne is right around 100 in the RPI. You get a win on a neutral floor. And this thing about, well, you know, it doesn't help us if we lose. They went 38-2 and or something against Duquesne over 40 years. If you're afraid of losing, you're not the right coach for Pitt. So what did the Big 12 guy say about Jamie? So, so, no. So Brad Brown now, who's Clemson's coach, was talking about why the Big 12 is getting where they're at. And it's because they all scheduled in the non-conference really bad teams, and they beat the daylights out of them. So all of their efficiency numbers, all of their Ken Ken Palm numbers and efficiency numbers are way out of whack. Okay? Yeah. So the thing about it is, if you you look at it, the ACC is actually 9-3 against the Big 12. But the Big 12 is... Like viewed as uh, by by all of these metrics as being way superior, and, and here's and, and and so Brown now actually points out Jamie Dix points out TCU, but here here's here, here's what their non-conference schedule is. Are you ready for this? Yeah. Here's who TCU played, and you tell me why they are getting more credit than Pitt for the okay. They played Southern, Omaha, UT, UT Rio Grande Valley. They're usually pretty good. Mississippi Valley State, Alcorn State, Houston Houston Christian. Then Jamie did what he does. They played a road game, but of course it was at Georgetown, who's terrible. But you got a bump from the road game. Then they played Clemson, and of course lost to Clemson. They played Arizona State, who stinks. Old Dominion. Then they lost to Nevada. They played Hawaii. Then they played Texas A&M Commerce. That's their non-conference schedule. But, of course, they've got a bunch of 30- or 40-point wins in those games. 
And so their efficiency numbers, their offensive efficiency, their defensive efficiency. So what Brad Brownell said, and he and he and he's so true. It's so true. Let's see if I can. Oh, here he goes. There, uh, Brad Brownell talked about the the Big Twelve teams for manipulating the net. They're non-conference scheduling, and they play 300-level teams and winning by 40 or 50 points to increase their efficiency numbers. Our, our league is actually 9-3 and three against the Big 12. We played TCU, beat TCU. TCU's doing okay and doing well in the, in the Big 12. I remember preparing for the TCU game and telling my staff, look who they've played. They haven't played anybody. Every game is Abilene Christian and Houston Baptist. <laughs> That's a great quote. <laughs> and it's true. So the point, I'm, the point I'm trying to make is the metrics that they're using right now are stupid. Because at the end of the day, <clears throat> I've said this a million times, Joe, and of course coaches. I, I'm, Jamie Dixon and I sat one day at the Peterson Center, almost nose to nose, arguing for literally 45 minutes about this. But I always say every team that's outside of, say, 110, in the net rankings, RPI, whatever the metric is now, should be treated the same. From 110 to 300, whatever. Yes. should all be treated the same. Because the bottom line is, if you're a tournament team, you should be beating the daylights out of those teams. Anyway. I like that. I agree with that. You know that. what I mean? To me, there's Well, way how to... much do they take into account strength of schedule yes. when they sit down? How much do they, they? That is a part of it. That is a part of the metrics. So wouldn't again, TCU be penalized more for that than they would gain no, because, because points the for, for their ratings? Is, no, because the bottom line is all of the Big 12 teams pumped up their non-conference. So the Big 12 as a whole, the metrics for the Big 12. So playing those Big 12 games is giving them what they need, which is what happened. Which is what, listen, that's what Jamie did here. I know people don't want to hear that. Oh, no, no, I'm, I'm telling you that's what he did here. No, he put he put all kinds of time into having his own formula. Exactly. He was actually it, it was brilliant. I give him credit it for it. It was brilliant. That's why when they started, you know, these last five or six years when they started going nine and nine and whatever in the in the in the in the Big East or the ACC or whatever, when they started going, you know, where they were just basically five hundred, they were always getting into the tournament. Why? Because he had the right formula, played the right teams, and I'm telling you, he understood I, I actually had a discussion with him about, about the Duquesne game. He said he never wants it to be a home-and-home because home, playing Duquesne at Pitt doesn't help Pitt. Right. But playing at Duquesne does help. And so that was his point was, listen, we'll do a neutral site game or we'll even let, be, let it be their home game at the arena. Who cares? Because we're getting the extra little boost for playing a non-home game. Yeah, that bothers me that the city game doesn't get played. It really does. Right. And it's on Pitt. And I, I I just, you know, people come back and say, well, if Pitt's good and winning big games, nobody will care. And you're probably right about that. I do get that. But I enjoy, forget about what it does for Pitt's uh, ratings and th- tournament chances. Yeah. I just like watching the game. The right. game should happen. Absolutely. No question. Here's the other thing he said. And it's true. This, this is what Brownell said, right? That's why you see teams trying to win at the end of games by 30 or 40 points instead of putting in their walk-ons. The Big 12, they're playing eight non-conference games, seven non-conference games against low-level teams and increasing their net. Then when they all get into the league, their totals are higher. Their net rankings are higher. So the teams are perceived to be better than they are. And that's true. The Big 12 has 10 teams in the top 50 of the net. Have we jumped the shark with analytics everywhere yes this was the first time 
that I ever saw in the NFL, a guy win an award based on not just analytics, but like deep analytics, and that was Miles Garrett. He won that award because of pass rush win rate. Yes. I, I don't even know what that means. There's another reason he won the award, though, Joe. It's a lifetime achievement award. Yes. Yeah. It was like, his turn. Right. Which and Micah stupid. Parsons will get that soon, too. Which is stupid. You're right. But that's a, that, that, But you're right. They needed to go to all those things. To justify it. Um, to, to justify why Miles Garrett won the award. <laughs> it's funny. Would it be better just to have a panel of people whose lives are spent watching college? I guess that's yeah. kind of what it is. No, it, is isn't, it isn't. It's not really. Like people who really watch college basketball. Right. right. And just have them decide but, this. But, but I think, again, one of the things that you need to do, as I said, get rid of – if you play a team outside of 110. Yeah. Or 120. Okay, let's, let's go 120. So 120, we'll, we'll, give you, we'll give you credit for 1 through 120. Everybody else counts as 121. And here's the other thing, Joe. If you play the 121 to 300 or whatever – Yeah. Unless you lose it. If you lose it, it kills you. But if you win it, doesn't matter if you win by one or by 50. It counts the same. I like if you that. Did that. I do. If you did that, it would change everything because then all of a sudden, the games that really would matter would be Clemson against TCU playing each other. And Clemson obviously won the game. Right? Iowa State playing, uh, I think they played Virginia. or They played They played one of the teams from the ACC, and, and, and the ACC team won. You know, the ACC went 9-3. and three against the Big 12. Those games would all of a sudden take on a larger meaning, which they should, because quite frankly, who gives a rat's ass if you beat Rio Grande Valley by 50 or by 30 or by 20 or by 70? doesn't matter. It's a game you're supposed to win. Who cares? I agree with every syllable you just said. I really do. I'd like to look deeper into who, who actually makes up the tournament committee. Is it mostly athletic directors or there's other who's on it? Well, remember the committee for a while there. I'll tell you who it is, right? Uh, NCA. Remember for a while they had other people that weren't, you know what I mean? Yeah, they had like Condoleezza Rice and people like that. Wasn't she on it at one no, point? No, that was the football. Remember, oh, yeah, that, that was, was the football. Here we go. Selection committee. Ready? <laughs> that was football. Yeah. So they have Charles McClelland, SWAC commissioner. Yeah. He is actually the chairperson. Scott Barnes is on it. Basketball guy Barnes. Basketball guy Scott Barnes. Jamie Pollard, who's Iowa State's AD, North Carolina's AD, Minnesota's AD, Alabama AD, Sunbelt Commissioner Keith Gill, Butler AD, Sanford AD, Big Sky Commissioner Tom Wichrell, Temple AD, and Santa Clara AD. That's the NCAA Tournament Selection Committee. Okay. Here's my problem with that. One, two, three. Why don't they have people who cover the game? Right. Or who played the game? I'm sure some of those people did, but I'm just you know saying, what I mean. I'm just saying when you look at that committee, it, there's no way you're going to convince me that this is – they basically have a bunch of numbers in front of them. And they do it through analytics and they do it through uh, you know net rankings and uh, efficiency numbers and Ken Palm numbers and all the other stuff. Here's my thing. I watch Pitt play. If you're going to tell me that you think there are 68 better teams than Pitt, 
I'm going to tell you, you should stop watching basketball. Mm. Honestly. Here, I'll go one step further. If you're going to tell me you think there are nine better teams in the, in the Big 12 than Pitt, then you should stop watching basketball. But again, their argument would be, well, the only way we can do it is through, through numbers. We can't do it through the look, the look test. We cannot do that. But to well, me, at some point, you do have to win some big games. I guess Pitt's done a little right, bit of but, that. But, but, They've done a little bit of that. But, but, but that's my point. If you look at TCU, the best two teams they probably play in their non-conference, Clemson and Nevada, they lost to. I mean, but in know. conference they've beaten some good teams. Yeah, they beat. Okay, they beat Houston. They have a win against Houston and a win against Baylor. Good, wonderful. And a loss to Baylor well, last and night. And a loss to Baylor, right? But you know what I'm saying? Like, if you're in a conference, okay, Pitt beat Duke and Pitt beat who? They beat Virginia, or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you're in a conference. For the most part, you're probably going to win a few games. But like I said, when it comes to Jamie, he's the, there's nobody better than him, which is why all those years that we were told he underachieved in the tournament, I said they were overseeded, and probably overachieved by getting where they got. I mean, they were they were they were overseeded. They should never have been like a three seed or a two seed or a yeah. four seed in a lot of those years. But he was able to fool the RPI, the same way they're fooling the the, the net rankings. Well, I've got a treat for you next, a little mailbag to dive into where somebody asked these kinds of questions. What does Mike Sullivan have against younger players? Do the extensions of Keller, Reynolds, and Hayes handcuff the Pirates from other players at some point, signing them such as O'Neill Cruz? Uh, and then one I thought you would particularly enjoy was down near the bottom here. Oh, yes. Do you think, and don't answer it now, do you think if Pittsburgh got an NBA team that got real good real fast, it could surpass the Pens in their decline? And do you think it would pass the Pirates, even if the NBA team was just okay? Let's talk about all of that coming up. Paul Zeiss is in for the whole show today. He's in for the whole week, as a matter of fact. Fan Hotline presented by Sullivan Super Service, Pittsburgh's trusted uh, plumbing and heating and air conditioning provider for over 50 years. 50-minute mark on the fan brought to you by South Hills Chrysler Jeep Dodge. Route 19 in Peters Township celebrating 50 years in the South Hills. We'll also get into, uh, well, Tex in the City is coming up next hour. Treats galore here on what is being called the Joe Show for however long a time that's going to happen. Paul and I will also... Maybe go head-to-head. -head. Is this a PTI? I'm ready for it if you guys are. You have the topics? Yeah, I can make up some, too, if you don't like them. So okay. we're flexible. Fan weather brought to you by Sun Chevrolet. Check out special financing for qualified buyers on new Silverado 1500 trucks. Warm but rainy and a high of 61. Sean Myers with your fan headlines here with the Penguins traveling to Vancouver to play the Canucks tonight at... We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. 
Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.